Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Tim and Ben Do Science Part 3. I am your host today, the special stellar firma guest, Bryn Monroe. Those of you who have listened to Tim and Ben Do Science Part 1 and Tim and Ben Do Science Part 2 will know what we're about today. But uh, just to put any doubts to rest in your mind, I am, of course, joined by... Tim Meredith. Uh, and Ben Meredith. Oh, we're having fun! Ooh, it's, because it's people, can't, people can't tell us apart already. Oh, because we have the same voice. Yes. <laughs> We've got the same Meredith larynx. I'm Tim. Come on. I'm Let's Ben, be you silly billies. You silly goose. And Bryn, if you're the, the most special host, can I be just the most specialist boy? I, I mean, I think that's yet to be established. That'll depend Ooh. on how well you do. I feel like I'm a special little boy and Ben's this guy over here. Like, well, we'll and that's see. how you tell us apart. We shall see who gets given the certificate. Okay. Yeah, well, this is our this is our third and uh, final. Tim and Ben do science. Third and final. Yeah. For all the, the series is over. Yeah. I'm very it's, sad. It's done. If you've heard it now. I'm not. I'm pretending to be sad. 
because <laughs> I have yet to hear the final I couple of episodes. I thought it was rubbish. Yeah, Ben didn't care for it. I don't like ben it at all. And weirdly, you can tell that in his performance. Like <laughs> yeah, he's delivering yeah, yeah. his lines. <laughs> like, Real oh, suppose, oh, what a denouement ah, this is. Oh, ah. <laughs> so we are, we are in fact recording this episode before the final uh, two or three episodes of the series air. So I haven't found them. And that means you are free from my interrogation of any science crimes that may occur in those final couple of episodes. It's just time tables and people being fine in black holes. You'd hate it, Bryn. I think there were some some specific bits of the script that Tim did write thinking Bryn's going to hate this. Yeah, most of it. Because it's bad, not because it's scientifically no, accurate. Yeah, it's, it's, just it's really scientifically accurate, but it's very bad narrative. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> the character development is awful. I mean, as someone who loves a high school American TV teen dramas, I can promise you I have no problem with terrible narratives. That's All right, true. there you go. You're a target audience. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, outside of your science, your brain is otherwise comprised entirely of trash. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So, for season one of Stella Firma, our two uh, wonderful characters, Traxel Geisman and David Seven, spent the entire season, as I recall, designing planets. Yeah. Correct. And I was brought in afterwards at the end of the season to talk about science with the two of you because there was loads of science-ish stuff discussed in that season. <laughs> science Frequently. Science-esque. Yeah. Science-esque. I mean, it is it is in the very loosest terms science fiction. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it seemed like a great idea at the time. Can you be a scientist? If you can be a scientist, <laughs> are we scientists? I think we are scientists. That's right. Sure, it's an excellent joke. You have to admit. <laughs> I mean, you okay. have to admit. Do I have to admit that? <laughs> you do <laughs> contractually. <laughs> and as I recall, Ben took home a. A stunning victory from yes, the first. Yes, I did. I did. Tim yes. and Ben do science episode. It was a rout. It was a rout. I was very embarrassed. And then Tim felt awful and did a whole bunch of re- research and preparation. He did. Thank you, BBC Bite Size. Did you? Add- oh. <laughs> In season two, Trexel and David spent uh, most of the season selling planets. That's my domain. Which involved yeah. a, a lot less discussion of the technical details yeah. of the planets. But there was still enough for me to spin little bits and pieces out there. Yeah. And uh, then you ended up the season in, what was it, the internal complaints department, if I remember correctly. Expediting, yeah. Expediting. Yeah. And now in season three, in season three, what has our course been? We We spent most of the season, the bulk of the season was in consultancy. Yes. Not in a beautiful little cafe and like I the, wanted. The final, the final uh, chunk in business warfare. Yes. yes. And I have to confess, it's it's been a lot harder to find in-depth discussions of anything approaching scientific relevance <laughs> in, in this wonderful, wonderful season three. I would say the average episode had one, sometimes two sentences that I can vaguely relate to something scientific and bring up as an excuse to quiz you. That's great. That's, uh, you know, taking a tour. And, and, the, and the thing about this is because I did very poorly in, in our first episode of this and there was a lot of science to get through. I actually, one is a strong term, but let's say I beat Ben and it was embarrassing for him in the second version of Tim and Ben do science. You and that was indeed. about a series that had much less science. Now, mm. if we follow the rules, like the law, the statistical line, I might as well. That leave. means that this this season, which has the least of all science, I should ace. It is. It is indeed. The score is one all. And mm. uh, in this mm. this scientifically, this paucity of scientific information, we'll see just what I can spin out. Yeah, but I, uh, and I I'm also going to say just quickly to anybody who's thinking like, oh, well, maybe they'll make it a draw uh, to have like a nice, absolutely not. No, uh, absolutely this is, not. No, we, th- no this that's going to be a proper, an intellectual knife fight. Yeah. Street rules. I, I mean, I also should mention, uh, having just talked about how difficult it was to dig up scientific things to discuss uh, in this season. 
It would be remiss of me not to mention, of course, the glorious, glorious episode 62. What was that? Episode 62 being the one where nearly every reaction I saw was, I can't wait for Bryn to listen to this one. <laughs> and in fact, <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure episode 62 canonised me as a character within the Stella Firma universe. Oh yes, oh. there was a, a science, an annoying science man. Da da David Seven looks something up on Imogen and literally says, there's just a picture of an angry man with glasses shaking his head at us. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but I certainly choose to believe that that is me, that I, mean, I am the angry <laughs> man the with show. glasses. Definitely and I heavily implied. Within the Stella Firma universe. Well, uncredited cameo, let's say. Yeah. I am part of Rusty Quill. I was invited to do the science episodes for Stella Firma specifically because uh, I have a scientific background. I have an undergraduate degree in applied mathematics and a master's degree in theoretical physics with a specialty in cosmology. And my master's dissertation was on the topic of black holes. And since six, episode 62 included some in-depth discussion of black holes and exactly what they mean, that is, was indeed playing in my house. And we will come back to episode mm, 62 yeah. later. Okay, so I have to say, Tim, you, you mentioned when we did uh, uh, Tim and Ben do science number two that you'd been mm -hmm. reading a lot of Bill Bryson as a way to prepare. I have. Uh, have you yes. put in any special background preparation this time? Uh, well, I, I have listened to more Bill Bryson, but it has been more sort of travel-based Bill Bryson, much less science, um, not as helpful. I've listened to a lot of cautionary tales, an excellent podcast, um, which taught me about things like... Uh, get their itis a psychological uh, principle that affects pilots and ships captains and things yep. like that not all the science though so i'm a little worried and ben after your distressing narrow i will stress narrow defeat yeah yeah, yeah. In, there was in, no routing you know. i know Confirmed, no, obviously no. narrow but 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 decisive tim tim and ben do science won it was a crushing victory on yeah, your yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah, followed yes. by a narrow but embarrassing yeah defeat. no because if we're considering like the the whole the whole series is a continuous thing i'm i'm, I'm still ahead it's just you know we've decided to points sort of i mean that's separate. one interpretation yeah 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 that's my hypothesis is that this i'm scum. <laughs> have you have you put in any preparation hours in order to reclaim your crown or are you coasting on your natural ability no, yeah, I've just mainly been listening about the rise of fascism in the early 20th century, which I don't, it's not like irrelevant to Stella Firma, but it's not, not relevant to this conversation, I think. <laughs> ben, have you been watching the news and therefore the rise of the fascism in the early 21st century? Oh, Bam! satire! Oh, it's very depressing. Christ! <laughs> yeah, it was by-election day today. Didn't, oh, didn't go well. It's gone poorly. No. Yep. <laughs> gone real poorly. So, m moving swiftly on, uh, I will, uh, as I explained, my background being in, you know, uh, physics and cosmology, it's not the only branch of science, much to my shock and disappointment. Mm. And th there are definitely uh, bits of zoology and biology that could be discussed in relation to some of the outlandish claims uh, made in Stella Firma. Oh. And I'm just going to accept everything you've ever said. No, about, I think they're all know, pretty... Yeah, yeah. Regular, rigorously. I, I was, I toured my original choice of universities with an idea that I was going to study zoology, at which point I got a U in my biology AS level, and that really quickly I, fell off. I remember map. us having to have the conversation of, yes, Tim, it's but you're very bad at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing's, I'm not bad at biology. I'm bad at exams. No, you're bad at, yeah, you're bad at passing exams, which you need to do. They're very important for being allowed to study biology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't take it on trust. No. <laughs> I haven't studied any biology for about 20 years, but I'm just going to assume that 
at the very least, I can say there's a lot more leeway. I, I, it's I a will, much messier area. It's a squishier topic. I, I will, I will just, um, just reassure you, Bryn, that every biological statement we've ever made in Stella Firma has been peer-reviewed yes. by the journal Nature. <laughs> yes. Excellent. We're the hotline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my first question is, it's very, very early on in episode 51, Imogen claims a specific value for the density that David Seven has achieved with his epic level workouts. Which right. of the two of you can get closest to the value quoted by Imogen for what Ooh. David's density is? I don't even know what the unit of density is. Also, Tim wrote that line, I wrote that. so I that's wrote unfair. That that I've is, looked it up, but I can't remember. <laughs> I will have researched. I'll have looked up a dense material and used its value. But I couldn't even tell you what. Could you tell us what unit of measurement? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know in? what that is. It's a start. I'm not going to tell you. Let's see if we can work it out. <sighs> so, what is density? How do you calculate density? Do you know that? Uh, mass by volume. Yes, mass divided by volume. Do you know Got what point the standard? There. there we go. No, 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 no. We didn't. No, we specifically said it's not fastest finger. I first. answered a question. <laughs> I answered it. <laughs> And it was right. You were, we're just not, talking we're about not you're awarding talking... points for small, tiny bits like that, Ben. The point goes oh, for the just overall the calculation answer. of density. Thanks, Bryn. Apparently, that doesn't matter to science. We don't need density. It's just you know. I think you will find a well, you know, a, a principle in a GCSE level exam. Quoting the formula is the first part of the answer. Oh, everyone's a f- spherical turkey in a vacuum, are we? Great, absolutely. <laughs> chickens, uh, Ben. Th- chickens. Come so, on. what what is the unit of mass? Unit of mass. I mean, kilograms. <laughs> it is indeed kilograms. And what do you think is the unit of volume? Bigness is milliliters squared, cubed. It's cubic volume, isn't it? It's cubic. Yeah. Did you say what was the? the... I think I'm, I th- I think I said cubic milliliters. Yeah. So milliliters is already a measure of volume. So you do not need to cube it. Oh, I see. You're, oh, I see. You're conflating two it things comes there. Pre-cubed. It does. Milliliters <laughs> cubic indeed liters. does come pre-cubed. Cubes. No, it's cubes. just it's, it's a cube. It's, it's just, just a plain old cube. Cubic meters, right? It is indeed cubic meters. So the meters the... not come pre-cubed. Oh, I've got loads of meters. I need to cube ahead of a barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the units of density are in fact kilograms per meter cubed. Okay. 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 And they come together to become kilometergrams. Yes. <laughs> and that is the unit of density. So what would now okay, so 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 Wait, kilograms so now, it's, in a, it's a question now, what is the arbitrary number that Tim came up with? <laughs> no, absolutely. It absolutely wasn't an arbitrary number. I'm oh. certain if you go if you Googled it, you would find the substance I was which it'll, it'll be like oh. lead or gold. Or something like that. I think it might be very close to gold. I'd have yeah. to check my list of densities. Okay. So the so so the measurement is if you have a cubic meter of Which gold, is quite a big lump. It's a of big thing. old lump of gold. How many yeah. kilograms is it? Is that is would be a good way to guess to guess the answer? Yeah. I'm going to say 500 kilograms. I'm going to say a cubic meter of gold. 1600. No, it's going to be yeah. Ah, you've you've already answered. Oh, I've already Mate. answered. I'm hoping you've wrote overshot, but yeah, it's going to be real have, blooming heavy. Yeah, we, are we playing Price is Right rules? <laughs> I am going to award the point to Ben. Yeah. Ben remembered the formula. I think Ben got slightly closer with the units, and he did technically have the closer of the two answers. Is it like 10,000? <laughs> the density quoted for David by Imogen in that episode is 21,450 kilograms per cubic meter i absolutely nailed it just completely yeah, you just really right bang ben, on. well deserved point well yeah. done <laughs> i hope you choke on it 
I wasn't out by a factor of anything. <laughs> Definitely not 10. So, indeed. Uh, I believe that is pretty close to gold, which is one of the more dense metals. Uh, do we have any idea about what the scale... Do What do we think... Do we know what any of the metals at the the other end of the scale, what the least dense metals are and what sort of value they might have. If we think that gold and therefore the top of the scale is about 21,000, 21,500. Aluminium is quite a light metal, I think. So that's probably yeah. on the lower end. It is reasonably light, aluminium. Is, tins, is tin an alloy? Tin's yeah. an alloy, but what's it an alloy of? Because tin's Bronze very light. Bronze and copper? Copper. Copper's very... No, no, no. <laughs> Bronze is an alloy as well. It's copper and... Oh, I'm thinking back to my crafting game. No, no, I no. Bronze tin is copper is an and tin. Element. Yeah, no. Tin is sorry, tin element. element. Bronze is copper yeah. and tin. That's why I got all. I'm going to go tin. Tin's got to be one of the lightest metals. I'm afraid neither of those uh, feature in the the list of the lightest metals. The lightest metals are actually metals that float in water. Oh, are they like cobalt? Because cobalt's Frankium, a metal. Cesium. Is it things like that? Tim has gotten a lot closer there. Oh, cesium California. is closer. The lightest, the least dense metal is sodium. Uh, sodium. Almost, yeah. Sodium, I think, is second or third. Uh, the lightest metal, as far as I can tell, is lithium. Although it may be radium, but radium's a bit more complicated. So I'm going to say it's lithium. But sodium was pretty close. But sodium is it very was, close. It was closer than the factor that Ben was wrong when he got a point, just <laughs> putting it out there. So if, if we take lithium as the uh, least dense metal, what do we think the density of lithium might be, roughly? So, so it floats in water. And, and we want a cubic metre. Effectively, yeah. Oh, I, I guess if we choose that the, the, the cubic metre is the, the thing. Now, it, it floating in water may be a slightly misleading thing. But because because iron ships float in water, because that's to do with displacement. Because of to displacement, yeah. and absolutely, but, yeah. So but like said, a non... Yeah. So gold was about 20-ish, 21,000, about. Yeah. So the lightest one... And I believe water is 1,000 almost exactly. It just very conveniently happens to be a huh. close to very round number. I'm going to say 800 for a cubic metre. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little under that. Oh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six hundred. I'm gonna go enough below that I'm not being. Yeah, like no, no. You didn't say seven ninety nine, so I'm yeah. all good. I don't want to be that guy. So yeah. six yeah. six hundred kilograms per cubic meter. Pretty good. Pretty good. A point to Tim there. Oh, yes, <laughs> because that makes it. That makes it. Uh, uh, because the uh, the correct answer I believe is five hundred and thirty. Ooh, pretty oh, close. I had I had five hundred in my heart, but I was like, that's ridiculous. Ah, uh, you should have gone yeah. with your I heart, know, and painted with all with the colours of the wind. Ben. So yeah, yes, so the, yes. the density of metals ranges from about five hundred and thirty, five hundred ish, to about twenty two and a half. So. So yeah, David's density quite near the top of that range, but a much a much tougher question. Do you know what the densest metal is? It's quite an obscure one. Hmm. Which which what that what that says is it's not lead. Can I ask a question? You can always ask extra questions, yeah, if you think it's so going to help. In in terms of uh, the periodic table, because it's it's ordered by number of oh gosh, is it protons and neutrons? It's it's, it's number of protons yes. and neutrons because helium has one, hydrogen has two, so exactly, and so forth. yeah. So it's going to be in the bottom right hand corner, but there's a special column for like noble gases and stuff, which confuses things. So it's bottom right, excluding like two or three rows. Oh, you said it was obscure. Oh no, you so said it was obscure. It's, it's complicated because the the atomic number, which is the key thing of the periodic table, is not the only thing which affects it, mm. but it is obviously a a factor, a key factor. Now here's a follow up: Is it one that exists in nature or is it on that special bottom one of elements that can only be created in the lab and won't exist 
I don't know. Oh, do I get a point for stumping teacher? <laughs> but at this point, we're playing guess who with the periodic table. I want to call foul on this, on this question. I don't think we should moustache. know. No. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm actually going to answer before this, so I'm going to take... No, no, it's It's naturally occurring. I was Okay, I, I wanted to check because I, I wasn't certain, but it is... I was right. It's naturally occurring, and it's not one of the really weird ones. I am going to say it's uranium. It's just a slightly obscure one. I think... I'm going to say uranium yeah. because I think nuclear metal... Like, radioactive metals are... Very heavy, very and dense. that's kind yeah. of the problem with them. Is that they're they're too they're too full of things, and they got to. Ah! I'm going to go on the others. The, I'm going to think of another radioactive metal. Uh-huh. I'm going to go plutonium, which would have been my other answer. I'm going to be very annoyed because I by, I think uh, plutonium is more unstable than uranium. I think, but again, I'm I'm going to shock you here. I'm not a nuclear physicist. <laughs> plutonium is indeed slightly heavier and slightly more unstable <sighs> than uranium. Yes. It is, however, not naturally occurring in nature. And in fact, the best way to to get plutonium is to go through nuclear processes with uranium. Ah. The answer to the question is osmium, Osmium. which is a metal most people haven't even heard of. From the land of Oz. Is it from Australia? And I'm not sure I had heard of it until I looked up the answer to this question. Uh, (laughs) I thought osmium was the cousin of Osmosis Jones, but... (laughs) Wow, that is a specific reference. It's a fun... Hey, Neil Patrick Harris is a pill. Yeah. All-time great role. Is it it the guy not. Sorry, it's not Neil Patrick Harris. It's It's another three nails. It's David uh, David David, Hyde Pierce. Pierce. I got bamboozled by his three nails. All potentially first names. Hyde. If if, well, I was thinking Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and then I saw the flaw of my argument. It's very specifically (laughs) certain. Oh no, his name was Hyde Hyde and Hyde Jekyll. It was very weird. (laughs) Related to Heidi Klum, but not in the way you'd expect. Ooh, we have so down. Bryn, help. Are we having a closeness point, or was it just an, a getting the right answer point? Uh, that was a, that was getting the right answer point, yeah, and to be enough. honest, uh, I didn't expect either of you to know it, because I didn't know it until I looked up the answer earlier. So, yeah, osmium. osmium. Just random, hanging out in the periodic table, Os- being super dense. What's dense. osmium for? I'm just glad that my methodology wasn't wrong. No, it was good. It, it guided me to my answer. These these were sensible ways to make educated guesses, so well done to both of you there. Because, yeah, because Bryn, every element has to be for something because everything's for humans what's osmium for just vibing man just vibing it's just, just chilling i think it's just quite a weird quite an obscure element i don't think we use it for much no. i mean it is the denseness does make it pretty hard yeah. and it's probably useful for that reason but my follow-up question is going to be later on in the season trexel i believe tries to stab david with a knife mm. and at first he thinks it's a joke knife because of course it doesn't yeah do any harm to david and then he stabs himself and hurts in, himself yeah, in the leg yeah yeah now is it realistic that if David is that dense, David has the density of a very dense metal, does it necessarily follow that he could not be stabbed by a knife? No, no. because density doesn't mean hardness. Because you can be hard and brittle, you can be yes. dense and soft. And if the answer for what is the name of that scale, if that is the question, I've been trying to think of that since we started recording, because I had like a <laughs> feeling that it might come up, and I cannot remember but i can tell you what's top and bottom on it oh go on ben uh, tops so and bottoms at the bottom is talc and at the top is diamond and, and bottom it, uh, talc and top diamonds are both things in their own right i'm pretty sure <laughs> bottom talc and top diamonds are both stands from jojo's bizarre adventure i'm gonna give you both a point there i'm, I'm happy Ooh. with the information both of you provided which in some ways is the same thing as neither us getting points <laughs> thanks Bryn. <laughs> 
Yes, so density and hardness are not necessarily related. They can be, and diamond is pretty dense for a non-metal, and osmium is quite hard, but osmium is both hard and brittle. So because different forms of stress on a material can cause different reactions. And you can you can take, uh, I know what I'm about to say is not an element, but you can take a substance like steel, and then if you quench it after heating it, it's very hard but very brittle. And you haven't even, ch- it's still the same Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. It's the arrangement Absolutely. of the atoms. Are they lined up? Are they all, all over the place, wibbly-wobbling in? I know ext- very basic metallurgy. He's trying to bamboozle you, but he's trying to extract <laughs> another point. <laughs> Give me your points. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop on to episode 59, which actually was one of my personal favourites of the series. What happened? Was uh, it episode good? 59 was the one where uh, Trexel kept giving useless rhyming puzzles. Oh, the, the puzzle, puzzle master! master. <laughs> <laughs> turn it twice and turn again. Do not go. It is not your friend. Even past the goblin's lair. Oh, look, a fun little fair the goblin set it up to con you out of your sweets anon absolutely god they're just they're just under the surface at any moment like a great whitling will burst forth and consume a child (laughs) i enjoyed that episode immensely it was glorious one of my definitely one of my favorites i think the 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 use of the word squawkwood in a rhyming (laughs) screen was the thing that actually made me burst into tears with laughter if keats had any bravery he'd have done it but he's a coward. <laughs> but there was a single sentence in that episode, which I'm going to choose to pick apart because <laughs> it made me very angry. Oh, <laughs> the gamut of emotions. Which was the discussion of dry ice and what what dry ice might be. What did Trexel claim was dry ice? Gosh, what did Trexel claim was dry ice? What did I claim was dry ice, ice? But you put it under a hairdryer or something, or you hang it out. It's going to be a very literal interpretation yeah. of dry ice. Yeah, I, it's it's really cold sand. <laughs> Trexel claimed that if you just take some ice and heat it up, you get dry ice. Yeah, correct. Science. And he could not be more wrong. Uh, I'm going to give a point to Ben there for correctly remembering the show you were both in. <laughs> If you heated dry ice, I'm guessing you would just get gas because it's sort of trying to become gas really well. So this is this is this is my question: mm. What is dry ice? Dry ice is oh god, what is it? It is, isn't it like it's like dehydrated water? Oh, it's um, isn't it? It's dehydrated carbon dioxide. So well, it's just carbon dioxide, I think, and then it is or, indeed carbon dioxide. I don't think dehydrated is the word you mean because no. dehydrated means condensed have, have the water yeah taken out it's, of it's it. frozen or something like it's or it's um supercritical no that's a different thing i'm just naming science terms now Brent. <laughs> L- L- is it is it super liminal word soup here is it <laughs> it is solid carbon dioxide oh right okay so carbon dioxide in its natural form is a colorless odorless uh gas hmm. but uh when you freeze it so it becomes solid it is a kind of white chalky substance and then because its natural state is a gas it uh vaporizes very easily and then you you know you kind of blow it into the air and while it is transitioning between states it has the appearance that we have the smoky appearance that we associate so just a quick safety warning don't use dry ice in a badly ventilated room no, you do not want a whole oxygen. <laughs> lot of extra carbon dioxide in your room not healthy i was gonna say that's that's why you can feel a bit lightheaded if you if there's a bit too much yep. dry ice 
So this brings me on to my next topic of questioning, which is the states of matter. Do we know our states of matter? And one thing I'm not sure about is I'm pretty, I feel like I probably have asked this question before Hmm. in one of the other science specials. Neither of us will remember. There are five or maybe six states of matter. How many of them can we name? Well, it's solid, liquid, gas, plasma. Those are the easy ones. Yeah, and the other one. Oh, I think they they start to get names which start to sound Keith State. <laughs> they start. They I think they start to sound like ridiculous because like I think one. The like final this... two are slightly weird sounding. Is it? Is one of them flux? No. Okay, fine, fine. Does one of them? F- <laughs> uh, interesting. The podcast won't hear that because I've had to bleep it out. Yeah, <laughs> but you can inter. You I work I it res- out from the rhyme. I respect. <laughs> I respect your commitment. It doesn't rhyme. It begins with the same letter. It, it's it doesn't assonance. rhyme. I've watched Educating Rita. It's assonance. <laughs> Thanks, Michael Kane. Or right, I'm going <laughs> to teach you about knowing yourself and have bad opinions because I'm an old man now. I'm an old man. I don't know. I'm going to hold up the flag. I don't know. And that's very brave of me to admit and deserve the point. Uh, There is, I think it's like, oh, 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 oh. Is one of them a superfluid? Yes, that's not the name of it. That's a description. Ah, Well, I I don't know the name of it. Okay, Uh, the final two states of matter. The the first, the one that we have observed, created in a lab and can confirm actually exists, is called a Bose-Einstein condensate. Okay, uh, that was on the tip of also, my tongue. Also, is the last one blooming dark matter or antimatter or something? No, the, oh, okay. the last one is a, a fermionic condensate. Ah, uh, yeah, no. I... Ah, now, is that... Oh, Enrico Fermi. Enrico? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Did I name him? You, you named him? You know what? Knowing the first name of scientists that have things named after them is harder than you'd think, because it's never like David's element. Yeah, and no one, no one sits there and says Alfred Einstein, so, you know. No, they just say Einstein. Simple, quick, Did I easy. get that past Tim without him realising? <laughs> okay, okay. There is, there is a point at which, like, I have to make it clear that I'm not an idiot, but also... <laughs> <laughs> no, but like Heisenberg. What's Heisenberg's first name? Uh, what's what's Fahrenheit's first name? Oh, uh, Fahrenheit's first name isn't it like Little Billy Fahrenheit? Yeah, no, it's like a- Anton Fahrenheit or something, wasn't he? French or Italian? But Some do I not have European. a slight point? Could, will you concede that? No, no, no I was uh, look, Tim. I was making a goof about the one scientist that, we, that everyone knows the name of, <laughs> and I got the name on purpose, and then got worried that everyone would think on Tumblr would would roast me for not knowing. Uh, <laughs> Albrecht Einstein's name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well well friends. done for knowing his first name, Tim. It's not worth a point, but Damn it does it. make me happy. Yes, uh, so the Bose-Einstein condensate um, and the fermionic condensate are very weird because they are basically subatomic states of matter, produ- you know, kind of elevated up into the microscopic level by keeping things very cold. And it, ah. it's just weird and it's not relevant to... It's the Real stuff life. you're only going to find it way out in space, away from all the good stuff. You can't even find it in space. You Not can only find in it in a lab. You have to make it yourself, oh, basically. Take that space. Solid, liquid, gas, plasma are the actual helpful, useful ones. Very quick descriptions of each one. I'm imagining at least three of these are kind of a solid g- gimme. Is a, it doesn't flow. A solid doesn't flow. Excellent. Yep. Gas expands to fill the shape of the vessel it's in. Very good. And a liquid... F- does the third one i think i think a liquid can just flow i think that's acceptable yeah liquids yep. flow and gases also flow but have other properties 
such as expanding to fill the vessel that they're in and plasma is only is it something like it's 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 the transition like you're 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 never just staying as a plasma i I think it's a, it's a plasma a plasma is a liquid beyond its boiling point so it's like I, th- I think it's gas. I think it's it's a it's a it's, it should be a gas, but it's kept in a liquid state because of pressure. Social pressure. Either that, social or pressure, it's, it's or it's just a, either that or what I'm describing is a liquid because it's under pressure. Yeah, that would still be a liquid. Yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, because- if you apply enough pressure and then heat a liquid, but it's still liquid, it's still a liquid. Oh, and that's how you make something go super critical. We're dancing around the thing. I think I know. Yeah. Although you can't, you can't. This is going to sound thick. You can't compress a liquid, can you? Liquids can't be compressed. Correct. Yeah. But compression is not the same. A liquid is under pressure. Yes, compression and pressure are different. Yes, okay. I just wanted to make sure that that was the case. Obviously closely related, but you can separate them out. But the big question is, will it blend? Will it blend? Will (laughs) liquids blend? Almost always, yes. Uh, So (laughs) a plasma is very hot and very dense and crucially charged. So the himbo of states of matter. Yeah. (laughs) Hot, dense and expensive. Pretty much. So one of the key things about a plasma is essentially it is under such extreme conditions that the atoms within it have separated. So the nuclei and the electrons are no longer bound together and they're both flowing. God, that really Much like blended. a pressurised marriage. So it, it, is, it is similar to a liquid in some ways, Ben. So you're right to compare it as the most closely I knew to it was like, yeah, when, when, when sci-fi is doing plasma, it's always like wibbly wobbly. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it, it, it requires very extreme conditions of both heat and pressure to to achieve it and it's most commonly achieved in something like the sun so so i for some reason i was under the impression that like at a point inside a flame you know in a fire that was something to do with plasma or is that just superheated gas that is just hot gas yeah. okay there's no plasma in the fire you you need really special conditions to achieve a plasma. i mean i've got a pretty efficient stove brin i'm 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 pretty sure i could make plasma in it thank you very much you cannot I can assure you of that. I was Agreed about, to, disagree. I was about to, to give both of you a point for that little <laughs> section, and now I'm not giving Tim one. So, Ben, congratulations oh, on the point. Yes, hubris. 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 <laughs> Just because I'm really, really boastful about my range. He's got an arga. Uh, my final question on this topic is, do you know the name for the transitions between each of these states? So, again, we're going to throw... We've thrown away the two, condensate, the two crazy condensate yeah. states. We're going to throw away plasma as well, because it's complex and it yeah. requires such specialised conditions. The remaining three, the common, everyday... It's boiling and melting. Gas. So that is indeed one of them. So when a liquid turns into a solid, it's called melting. Yeah. Do we know yeah. the names for all the other potential transitions between the three? Evaporation um, from a liquid to a gas. Yep. Condensation, gas uh, to liquid. Correct. Always quick. And I okay. And hmm, hmm. I at one point, supercritical is going to be the correct answer. It's got to be. It's got to be. I think you're right in that. Like when it gets into a supercritical state, it transitions without going through like one of the middle ones. But I can't. Well, I'm just. I'm just. I'm very confused. Each transition is actually quite a slow process. So it takes energy to change the temperature of a substance, and then it takes energy to change a substance from one state into another. So uh, the supercritical uh, description is essentially you've already achieved that amount of energy being present, uh, but you haven't yet changed the state because you're like artificially maintaining when it. when you super chill water and it takes a, a, a kinetic energy to make it freeze, so you can put a bottle of water in the freezer... And take yeah. out the water and hit it, and it suddenly freezes because it's supercritical. That is an example of a supercritical ah. state. So I think the one you're thinking of is the artificially maintained liquid that basically, as soon as you give it a release it goes, from the pressure, will 
instantly vaporize. Right, so whereas it's normally speed, not the, yeah. evaporation is slow because it has to use it has to draw in energy to achieve the change. Okay, so, uh, so what do we have? We have melting, evaporation, boiling, condensation. Yeah, so we need the, the, oh, boiling is another way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, it's the other way, but gas to um, gas to uh, gas to solid, right? So the names for the the two that are the relationship between gas and solid are the hard ones because they're much less common. Did we did we define the the well, we have. We've used it in conversation. The change from liquid to solid is known as freezing. Yeah. So actually, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, Tim has given us that one just by discussing the process. Rather I'm just than... always talking about freezing, you know. It yeah. just comes up. It's very cool. So guy. The, the two hard ones. So I'm, I don't think this is one, but I've, I want to know what it is. When you like, you can precipitate something from a metal or, or like you could. There, there's a thing in chemistry where it's like you're, you're, you're taking a precipitation. What, what is that? So a precipitation is similar because something is transitioning from a liquid to a solid. So you can also call that freezing. But crucially with precipitation, you've got a mix of lots of different chemicals within your liquid and only one of them is turning into a solid. So you're precipitating out part of a mix. I see. So like when you if salt water, you would evaporate sodium out of H2O. Absolutely, yeah. So, right. you know, there's lots of... We're getting into chemistry and there's there's lots of other words for the different ways you can do this when you've got mixes of... Back to Bunsen burners. It always comes back to Bunsen burners, Absolutely. Bring you know that. Uh, that's, that is science. A that's Bunsen burner is science. That's just... That's just that's science just, flame. Yeah. I think the short answer is no, Bryn, we don't know. Because <laughs> Ben's making his Popeye yeah. face, but he's getting no facts. No, I'm racking... Uh, yeah, I'm ra- the, the brain is being racked... There are there are nothing in these racks. These have you racks put the brain? Have you put the brain on the wheel? Are you going to break the brain on the yeah, wheel and yeah, see yeah, if yeah, that yeah. gets it? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> draw and quarter my brain. So when a solid turns directly into a gas, it is known as sublimation. Ah, oh, that rings a bell. And it's very rare, but there are some that do it. The uh, the the one that people may have encountered is iodine or iodine. I no longer has to know how to pronounce that. You've consumed word. too much American media. But it is it is solid in its natural state, and it very easily changes into a gas, and it will can, can undergo sublimation even just at, generally at room temperature. And the reverse, I believe, is called. I'm gonna. I'm actually terrified of getting this wrong because this is the one you counter least often. I think it might be called deposition, and it's similar to condensation, except that instead of it depositing a liquid out of a gas, you're it depositing has to appear in court. a solid out of a gas. Ben, that was a better joke. I was trying to think of a way to insert that joke, and I think Bryn moved past it too quickly. Well done. I I. I saw, yeah, I saw your brain going, and I was like, "I'm gonna, we've got the same joke yeah. in our head, and I'm gonna have yeah. to strike uh, whatever it says can be used in evidence." <laughs> well, I, I'm too worried about getting this wrong. No deposition. Okay, good. I had to check it again. So, is but... dry ice going through sublimation because it is solidified CO2 and it's turning directly into a gas from a solid? Exactly, and that's why uh, it was one of the questions in this section because that was the original inspiration ah, discussing the states of matter. But we talked for so long, I sort of forgot <laughs> and, thought, <laughs> and thought I was making a clever connection as opposed to it was the point. Yeah, that makes so, sense because yeah. it's leaving a deposit. I don't get the sublimation because it's becoming yeah. sublime. It's like I don't know. It's some bl- 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 a blooming scientist wax lyrical. Yeah. yeah. Uncommon words, because it doesn't occur very often, but interesting that it's, you know, in some ways, potentially part of our everyday experience of science, solid, liquid and gases. Uh, I'm just going to draw attention to the fact that in episode 71, it's claimed that science hides from Trexel, and I just want to approve that message. (laughs) (laughs) It won't return my calls. (laughs) Okay, okay, so before we get onto the glory of gravity and space-time, which, oh God, I'm so excited to talk about, space. The final frontier. Absolutely. What do we know about space? Crucially, there's a lot of discussion in the season of Cellophoma about potentially ejecting people into space. Yes. yes. 
if a human or humanish, in the case of Trexel and David Seven, uh, humanish body is ejected into space without external protection, what four different things are likely to kill that person? Now, obviously, some of them are quicker than others. Yeah. So, in actual fact, one of them will be the first cause of death. But there are four different potentially lethal things Tim's gone in with Tim's gone in with the cold the cold cold. suffocation no oxygen famously that's that's famously no oxygen all of your moisture will evaporate off of you because of the low pressure and oh is that decompression I think that's decompression that is indeed decompression so oh and uh, radiation you'll be killed by the radiation brilliant depends where you are in space surely interesting point if you're in really 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 deep space no I no I well okay is I the think background the radiation I think be the, enough. Yeah, because you're not protected by an atmosphere, just the general background radiation. I mean, it's probably not going to kill you. It won't be the first thing that gets you, but no, it's you'll not suffocate good for before you. you get a tumor, certainly. Yeah. Yes. So two of those four things are very much affected by where in space you are. Yeah, so you're, if you're right, near a sun, uh, you're not going to freeze to death. You're going to burn to death. <laughs> well, indeed. You're not going to burn yeah. to death. You're going to, because you can't burn without the oxygen, you're going to be too hot to live. Well, <laughs> which is the name of live, Moon, yeah. my new album, Tim Rodin. <gasps> yes. Too hot to live. Too hot to live. <laughs> I'm too hot to live. Again, I'm, I'm but too you, cold you, to die. Between the two of you, you got both of those things there, and you even brought up the caveat. I'm uh, very impressed. I give you both two points for that. Oh, I felt like I had great. more there. I felt like I had more. You, uh, you started. You said words first, Tim. But we had this then whole conversation. That's how you about got it. all your points last that time, not, and you know is, it. No, that is not. We've we've had like the Bryn Monroe <laughs> holistic science experience. <laughs> Which is the name of uh, Bryn's album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, if you're out in very uh, deep space, far away from any uh, stars that are a source of radiation and heat, the cold is worse and the radiation is better. And Kelvin comes up and just beats you to death with a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> yelling the word naught. <laughs> oh, that, that pesky Kelvin he gets everywhere. <laughs> just with a tiny, like, 50 sci-fi jetpack. And like Have a you seen on his head. that really, really bleak comic, Kelvin and Hobbes? It's about a completely frozen tiger. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, so if you are pretty close to a star, the cold is not going to be a problem. You will, in fact, overheat. And that isn't due to the radiation. The radiation and the cold are sort of inverses of each other because temperature in space is really a measure of how much radiation there is because mm. temperature doesn't exist when you don't have a substance to measure the temperature of. It's got to be vibrating something to be hot. It's, there is, you can measure temperature in other ways, and in fact we do, and therefore we can say that the temperature of space is actually three Kelvin, more or less. Because there is some gas in space, it's just very, 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 very thin. Is that correct? Yes. I suppose where in space you are. If you're in space on a planet, there's going to be loads, Tim. I retract no, my No, statement. no, no, no. I wasn't <laughs> planning to ask this question, but I think this is a good one. In interstellar space, if you take a cubic metre, how many molecules mm. are you likely to find in that cubic metre? And what will they be? Hydrogen. And... Yeah. Correct. Uh, is it less than one? Is it like oh, there can't be less than, less than one, otherwise... No, no, but like, if it's like over an oh, area an average. per cubic oh, metre... Oh, no, but molecules get everywhere, Tim. I don't think it... I mean, you can say less than one if well, you I'll want, say if you think one. being clever. I'll say one, and oh. then you can guess, Ben, and we'll see the who's right. The thing is, it's a cubic metre, and molecules are very, very small. Yeah. So molecules I'm going to say... I'm just hoping that you overshoot it enough. I probably am, I probably am, because I'm going to say to the power of. So I'm going to say... You think loads? I th- no, uh, no, I think very few... 
but relative to the number of molecules sure. that we're used to. Because there's absolutely butlers. There's just just so many molecules all Mate, around us. You won't us. believe how many molecules. Tim, are I hate here. to inform you, you are made of molecules. Ah, oh, dang it. Yeah, ten to the power of eight. I'm afraid Tim is a lot closer. Ah. In an average cubic meter of interstellar space, you will find four molecules. Oh, that's I'm not very many. That is not very many at all, no. is it? It's I mean it's pretty it's pretty close to a true vacuum. Yeah. yeah. A true vacuum being zero. Now, Ben has correctly identified that some of those molecules will be hydrogen. Will be helium. And helium. So yes, the four molecules between them will all be either hydrogen or helium. What do we think the ratio is? Do you think it's three and one or two and I two? Th- and I do you think if it's three and one, I which think it's way? three to one on uh, hydrogen. I think it's as in hang on, when do you know I because I think it's three heliums and one hydrogen. Hydrogen three. Helium one, Wolverhampton nil, Hull City two, <laughs> South at zero, <laughs> moderate to poor. <laughs> I think it's because hydrogen is so reactive that it will want to become helium. But if there's three helium already, the one hydrogen hasn't got it's anything like, nah, to mate. react with. That's my reasoning because it's four and they can't get out of the cube, so it has to stay at three. Oh, that's one. yes, no, fair enough. Because <laughs> this is a cube on its own. We're not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, the space yeah. and you've taken a portion. You've got an isolated cube. Cube of space. A cube of space <laughs> with walls. You went so out with a fish has... tank and you closed so... the fish tank and you took it back to Earth. Yeah, so that's just maths, mate. And I, I can't be wrong because that's maths. It is maths. He's got me there. I'm going to give a point to Ben. Damn it. Not maths. So, celebratory <laughs> sip of wine. So... You did say one thing that was correct there, which is hydrogen is very active, yeah. Tim. However, hydrogen in its natural state is already a molecule. It is H2. Ah. Two hydrogen molecules have reacted I with each other. I can't believe hydrogen did me like that. <laughs> helium is, in- is incredibly unreactive. So helium is just helium, but hydrogen is H2. Both hydrogen and helium, they are the only two substances formed initially after the Big Bang. Everything else in the universe was formed in the core of stars in nuclear reactions. But hydrogen and helium have been there since the beginning because they're the two simplest ones. Now, you correctly said hydrogen is very reactive, but it already has reacted. But also, if in a metre cubed you only have four molecules, even if they were four incredibly reactive molecules, the chance of any of them reacting with each other is essentially zero. zooming about feeling lonely. Because... They are absolutely tiny, as Ben has correctly stated. Thank you. And even if they're confined into that meter cubed, then bouncing, they could bounce around forever and never hit each other. I believe I would have to do some maths to work out how likely. They couldn't bounce around forever and hit each other, Brian. Very importantly, Ooh. yes, not true in a different amount of time. But I believe in the it would take more than the lifetime, the current lifetime of the universe, for them to actually have a good possibility of hitting each other. I just like to well actually you about the yeah. <laughs> definition of it's like forever. A, it's like no, a that's screen fair, saver. That's it's like waiting for the little DVD thing to actually hit a corner perfectly it'll never happen it'll never happen it's not in the site in the programming oh that was fun i'm glad i'm glad we got there <laughs> i'm glad you finally had fun on one of these episodes <laughs> that's the first time he's had fun <laughs> oh, that's not true i love them you one know molecule that. of fun have we got to the fabled episode 62 we were still talking about space ah. we're still talking about the things that kill you in space weren't we yeah and that's how we got into what's left there in space so yeah, so radiation is going to kill you very slowly in most parts of space, and the only time it's going to be the fir- going to be anything like the most dangerous of the four things you will encounter is when you're quite close You'll to get a cooked. sun. And essentially, yes, you are burning to death, but it's radiation burns. Oh, that's nice. That's good to know. You, s- you said that as if it was like, but don't worry, it's just radiation burns. The happiest burns of yeah. all. <laughs> 
Well, I wanted to, I wanted to, because uh, just now, Tim, you said, well, you're burning to death, but you're not really yes. burning to death because there's no substance to burn you. Well, it, yeah. you know, I wanted to accept that you are essentially correct. It's closer to being microwaved. It, essentially, yes. So, uh, of the other three things, uh, given that radiation is the is the the slowest by a long way, which one do we think kills you first? Decompression. I'm going to say no. I think weirdly you can you can be in a vacuum. I think they being in a vacuum, being under no pressure, is very unpleasant. It will blind you because it, all the moisture will go out of your eyes and things like that. But your skin is enough to keep you from depressurizing i believe i, I don't think, think i think you get an embolism pretty bloody quickly i think you'd suffocate first i think i think we are surprisingly robust in some ways to that because i think i listened to something about them trying to work out what would happen if there was a you know decompression or you were outside of that spacesuit or something all right well have i remembered that correctly Bryn? point to tim yes yeah so the decompression it, it's slightly a trick question because actually the thing that kills you is the combination of the pressure and the lack of oxygen. Yeah, because isn't it the thing of like, is is it a thing that um, if you were hypothetically wanting to survive in space, you'd want to empty your lungs because if you tried to, because you, you'd pop if you tried yeah. to like, so effectively, if you tried to beat the suffocation, you'd die from the decompression. If you tried to beat the decompression, you'd die from the suffocation first. Well, o- almost. Uh, so my understanding, and th- this section is going to get very gross. We may have to content more this section. Yeah, people dying in hypothetical yeah, yeah. ways. So, I, I mean, Tim, Tim is right about your eyes suffering terribly from that, but that your skin would mostly keep you intact, even though you'd, you'd essentially bruise everything yeah. all the way through uh, in quite a nasty way. I believe that our current best guess, given that we have never conducted an experiment, and, you know, fingers crossed we never will, is that the vacuum would actually suck all the air out of your lungs very rapidly. And then the the transfer of air between your blood and your lungs normally relies on there being air pressure within your lungs. And if you truly emptied your lungs, i.e. a vacuum, your lungs would, in fact, work the opposite uh, way and start to suck the oxygen out of your blood, out of your blood which is Oof. a sort of unpleasant. So you An would oxygen fit- hoover. It's not... Ben, it's not sort of unpleasant. I think yes. you're safe in saying it's it's just straight up and down unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, sorry that that was not... that was classic British understatement. Yeah, it's, little, wasn't it? it's not great for you. Um, we will say that. There's a little bit. I would I would describe what happens in your lungs as a bit of a kerfuffle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you, in fact, you 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 essentially die of lack of oxygen even quicker than you would say if you were trying to hold your right. breath underwater. You still absorb a little bit of oxygen from the water. actively losing yeah. oxygen due to the interaction of the, yeah, the, the, the due to the, the vacuum. Uh, and yes, our, our, we used to think that people would pop, but it, it, we now believe, I, my understanding is that your, your skin is actually surprisingly good at not doing that in that situation. But as I've said, we've never really tested yeah, yeah. it. And... Hopefully, we never will. Until tonight, ladies and gentlemen, live in front of you, the ghost of Yuri Gagarin. <laughs> oh, oh, before, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hyping up episode 62 because I'm just so excited about it. But one other question I want to ask. At the beginning of episode 66, we meet David, who is still counting squats. Yes. From the end of the previous episode. Yep. The previous episode, episode 65, ends with David counting one. Two, three. The beginning of episode 66, David is counting 
One million and one. <laughs> one million because and I am two. nothing if not one million very and three. basic. That's a lot of squats per second. <laughs> well, this is my question. Given that David is performing one, perhaps, if we're very generous, two squats per second, has he counted accurately? So, firstly, well, my okay, first the answer is, is be, the answer no. Is no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've worked that one out. Because, because like, a lifetime is a few million seconds. Or, it's like well, three also, or four. No, how, even, no even that's, even that's that. ridiculous, Tim. No, how many million seconds is, like, Well, there's 60, 60, 60 seconds in a minute, and there's quite a few minutes in a... Is there a lot know. of them? Yeah. So this is my no, question. No, you can't. This is cruel, because you're asking both me and Tim to do mental maths on machines which have calculators in but them. But we're not going to use them. I know, I know we're, we're not. How... But... How long is a million seconds? Oh. And if you want the advanced one, how long is a billion seconds? A million seconds is... Tim, Tim, Tim. We're going to have to do this unpodcast friendly silently because if if you describe your working, you'll be helping yeah. me. Okay. So we should, we, should, we should just have a think and okay. get an answer and then say go. Right, 60 and then 60 times. Because <laughs> that's what I'm going to so do, Ben. Because... So, so, okay, how many how many seconds are there in a minute? So it's one, two, three, three four, four, five, five six, six, seven. Because <laughs> the thing is, large numbers for most people very quickly become meaningless. And for yeah. me especially, I've got a medical condition about how little I, I understand numbers. Um, yeah, are you discalculic? It was part of the test. Oh, son of a... Gun. I'm covered. There you go. I, I can't do anything. <laughs> uh, actually, that does mean that does mean that because this is an exam, you do legally have to get extra time. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, the extra time won't help me. No, <laughs> I won't suddenly. Oh, have I got is this legally an exam? Am I a publicly accredited examining Hang body? On a minute. So t- that means Tim knowledge. gets to bring a laptop into an exam, which means yeah. he can use the calculator app on his computer, which is unfortunate for me. I mean, or Google. That would be an easier thing to do. <laughs> Tim, I think your I think your estimation skills have shown to be pretty good so far this episode. Oh, don't butter me up. So then. I think go with go with go your with heart. My gut. Go with your gut, not your not your calculation. Uh, a million seconds is uh, thirty years. Okay. Uh, right. So why the f- not? Eh. Three hundred hours. Wait. Yeah, three hundred hours is. Wait, no, hang on. Hang God, on. He wants hang this. on. I'm going, back in, I'm so going back, in the, back in the tank. He needs this. He's had a really tough couple of weeks and he needs <laughs> this. <laughs> oh, no, I'm being an idiot. Wait, no, I'm not being an idiot. Yeah, it's roughly 300 hours. So that is, let's say, okay, I'm going to say it's 100 days, which is completely wrong, but I feel like is close enough. The correct answer is 11 and a half days. Oh, wow, so not 30 years then, eh? I'm going to give Ben a point because 300 hours is pretty good. 300 hours, two, 24 hours in a day. Oh, I, I just I got that bit wrong. Ten, that was 240. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, I, I yeah. did it through, there's 3,600 seconds in an hour and then I just like went bop, 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 bop. You two may as well be making hissing noises as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So a million seconds is 11 and a half days. So reversing that calculation, if David Seven was accomplishing <sighs> about... Oh. You know, eleven and a half squats per second. That's constantly for twenty-four hours. That's a lot. Maybe. Also, was he doing squats or was he doing um, pushy upsy downsies? Which oh, I think are press ups. I mean, that I think those are press ups. It's but... difficult. He's got his own. He's only, got his own vernacular. Only you yeah. can. I cannot. One, I think. You know. You know I what? I should. I should have. Had, if I had a better memory, I should have had a better chance in that because a question on Taskmaster was how old is Frank Skinner in seconds, and it must have been like not two million, but two hundred million. 
Uh, and I think that's where well, I got confused. Tim, I'm going to give you a <gasps> point. <gasps> For watching Taskmaster. <laughs> because I asked two questions. I asked, how long is a million seconds? The answer is 11 and a half days. Yeah. And I'm, I'm taking Ben's answer of 300 hours to be very close to that. You answered 30 years, yes. which is pretty close to how long a billion seconds is. Oh. I think it's something like 32, maybe 33. But so when, if you're rounding, 30 years-ish is in, about a billion seconds. In Frank's seconds. case, it was nearly 2 billion years. No, it was just over 2 billion years because he's like 60 <laughs> Do you mean two billion, seconds. 2 billion years. Two, sorry, 2 billion seconds. Oh, no, he's 2 Frank, billion Frank, years Frank old. has existed since... <laughs> Did you know that Frank Skinner was there at the dawn of time? Ah, uh, well, that's controversial. When would you say the dawn of I, time see, is? Too? Tim, you'll have, you'll have noticed. You'll have noticed that I started to say something like that. Remember yeah, that it's I not that know. far back, is it? It's no, not actually going to be that far think, back, is it? I it's going to be like old the Earth is, but <laughs> I think the Earth is around about. Oh, the Earth is I some billion years. Is it five point six billion years old? God, this might be. See, now the trouble is, I've been roped into now making wrong statements that I was specifically trying to avoid because the <laughs> yeah. answer is I don't know. Hey, Tim, let's not say things like, for example, I know I'm a fool. <laughs> 5.6 billion years is our current guess for the age of the sun. Oh, oh, okay. I think I okay, mean, so that, that is still that very wrong if, somewhere. if the question was how old no, is no, no, the no. earth? How old is the sun is a very wrong answer. But at answer. least that was a number that is relevant on an astronomical scale. Well, yeah. So. How old do we think the earth is? Give Not 5.6 billion years, let me tell you. Two, it's a bit it's a bit younger than the sun. Two and a half yeah. billion years. 1.2 billion years. Four and a half uh, billion oh, years. I was close to that. It's a lot two. closer to the sun. The no, earth has also been around for a while. How long has single-celled life been around? Uh, 600 million years. I think it's a bit more than that. Oh, I'm going to go 800 million years. You are both way off. Single-celled life has been around approximately, to our best guess, 4 billion years. Oh, oh not go. on Earth. Right. It's not a Wait, lot. or on Earth? It's Wait, not a lot what? younger than the Earth itself. Sorry, yeah, I said it's a sequence of very stupid things. Well, you know, to be fair, Ben, we have discovered back single-celled life on other planets. So if you found... Have we? Have we done that or have I imagined that? The, I think so. I think we've discovered bacteria in certain places. There is some yeah. evidence of so it. If, so yeah. there is a reasonable assumption that somewhere in the universe that there is much older bacterial life. I mean, there's there's a mathematical yeah. evidence that somewhere in the universe there is advanced life. So, I mean, that's quite a broad statement. Oh, unless, unless you deal yeah. with that cheeky Enrico Fermi and his, and his old paradox. Oh. <laughs> yes. How long has multicellular life been around, to our best guess? Oh, multicellular. Um, is, that, is it similar to the ratio of how long cinemas and how long multi-screen cinemas uh, have existed? Yes. <laughs> and if you take that as a ratio, that... Because, okay... I'm going to say, I think it's going to be remarkably, it took a remarkably long time for two cells to f***. Sorry, I've sworn again. <laughs> it's taken a remarkably that's, wait, long time on, No, sorry, two just cells. hang on a minute. I hang think that's a, a very Do good you... way of putting the transition <laughs> yeah, from single I want to multicellular so life. Just, yep. just two single-celled organisms decided uh, to get it down and were like, and they just nice. mushed themselves into each other so hard. Well, there is, there is evidence that in a cell, things like the ribosome, is is it the ribosome or the the energy factory is a bacteria and it got inside something else and became you know so it's like it was an individual thing that lived on its own and then it got inside a cell and then was like it, it was great here we have established on this podcast that biology questions are all true whatever you say it is <laughs> it is true that is the principle which yeah. we're working on and i'm pretty sure so it's not ribosomes well done, it's what's what's the thing that that makes the power and the energy in the cell a nucleus no, no, the no. mitochondria. Mitochondria, I think that sounds right. Bryn's smarter than me. I'm going to trust Bryn, and well, if you're bi- wrong, a, email Bryn. A biology point for Bryn. 
Boy- he's on the board. <laughs> he's not biology. actually been performing very well. He's got no points so far, but he's got one now. <laughs> one billion years. I broadly agree with Tim on the timescaling thing. So I'm going to say 1.6 billion years, because again, trying to be close, but not piss-takingly close. <laughs> It is our best guess currently. Pretty close to one billion yes. years. I am forced somehow to give a point to yes. Tim for that. Section. I love rules when they go in my favour. Yeah. I should have said one point, not point nine nine billion years. Yeah, recurring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, An hour off of so Tim's yeah, answer. That's, <laughs> that's the age of various things. So Frank Skinner, who is a, allegedly two billion years old, yeah, yeah, yeah. was not. Was or was not there at the dawn of time, depending on what you're calling the dawn of time. Strangely, he yeah. doesn't count as multicellular life. That's just one very <laughs> complex shape <laughs> that they've just painted a face. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, after a while, it was awkward Standard. having him around. So, like, let's make him a comedian. Go on, three lines on a shirt. <laughs> I don't know if I have any questions about this one, but in episode sixty-nine, nice, nice. David Seven crushes a waste paper basket into a disc on his face. Yes, yes. And <laughs> do you then just want to say this out loud? When Trexel correctly points out that his face, the side of his face, isn't even yeah, flat. Yeah. So is it, someone I can't remember who says David scared it, <laughs> scared it flat. <laughs> I'm not. I don't have any follow up questions. I just well, I think, feel it's worth bringing up. I in feel this like science if, if David slapped that can hard enough and fast enough it would turn into a disc because it would effectively explode from the point of hi- on his face. So it's not moulded by the face. It's slapped off a single point, mm-hmm. expands, no, but- and then if he takes it away... no, But it, it wouldn't stay in a single yeah, piece. Yeah, and also... When you say uh, no, no, hits- sorry, we didn't say what this can was made of. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Ben, and also, Ben, you say it hits a point on his face. All of the parts of it don't hit that point at the same time. It's a waste paper basket. Like some bits of it, we are didn't say hit how big it was. Sooner. No one has ever established a scale okay. for David. If if okay, let's say this: if the waste paper basket yep. is the size of, <laughs> of a one thimble. cell, then yes, because is it hits it the thim- side yeah. of one cell and flattens. <laughs> Have I not mentioned that David Seven is Galactus, the planet eater? I see. <laughs> I see. Never came. Never up. came up. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, Bryn, you've correctly pointed that out as a thing we said. <laughs> also, also, I mean, Jenny's not here, so I can't criticize oh, you Jenny can. for the we things will. she has said. But oh, she did establish it, the foot thing. Ep- so, yeah. Episode sixty <laughs> features a Hartro line that something is a cornucopia of sound projectile science. <laughs> no, that sounds what, reasonable. What a phrase! That sentence made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> my notes literally say next to that quote what even are these words <laughs> that was apparently my thought while listening to that what bit. Is this okay so i think we've decided i think i think we've covered enough there and i've i've been talking non-stop about the glory of episode 62 that in fact we're going to do a secret special bonus tim and bendy science My secret and special entire... so secret we're putting it on the feed <laughs> yeah <laughs> where the in- entire entire episode will be about episode 62 and episode 62 alone um so i guess this contest is to be continued and we will only find out who wins when you guys step into the thunderdome of black holes and space time oh, love it it's like a rubber sheet everyone it's like a rubber sheet like a rubber sheet made entirely of helpful lies <laughs> 
So until then, thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you on the special super secret bonus, Tim and Bendy Science, uh, which will probably be quite soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> Stella Firma is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.